0: Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. So Julie, welcome back to today's show.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here. As always, it's going to be a great show.
0: It is. And we have a great show topic today. And this, the topic of today's show is the power of thinking big, how to finally live the life of your dreams. And a lot of what we're going to be sharing uh, with all of you uh, today and probably tomorrow are notes and ideas and inspirations that we got from a really important book that all of you should have read, if not reading right now, I know our coaching students, for a large part, we've been assigning this book to them. It's called The Magic of Thinking Big by Dr. David Schwartz. So a strong, it's, an, it's an old book, been around forever, fantastic book. It should be one of the, I'd say, one of the core books in any of your success libraries. A lot of you guys gather books. I gather digital books. I gather audio books and whatnot. But this, in case you haven't, uh, if you haven't read this or listened to it, definitely worth doing And uh, even if you have the show today, and probably tomorrow, it's going to be a great refresher course, this is the perfect time of year to think big. And you know, it's interesting, Julie, obviously, we offer a lot of free coaching calls. And if you guys need a free coaching call, just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And one of the challenges that agents have, I think in many cases, they don't even know that they have, is they're just not thinking big enough. So can you relate to our listeners? Maybe an example of where you've had a coaching call, maybe with one of your longtime great students where you realized they weren't thinking big enough and you started to basically bring that to their attention and what happened as a result?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely, at least several times a week. And it's almost always when a coaching client will have had a really rocking week and It's almost like they don't know exactly what caused that then we examine that and we see that it's because of their past performance accumulation effect you know their lead follow-up from maybe 60 days ago so then they do recognize what they did and then i i like to play a fun game with that and i say all right what is the value of your work this week you did two buyer sides took two new listings got a price reduction and sold something else we figure out what did they actually make this week, basically? And then we say, well, let's say that you were able to get pretty consistent, and maybe not 52 weeks of the year, but let's say 35 weeks of the year, keeping it real, so you have some vacation time and what have you. What would you earn if you operated at this level, 35 out of 52 weeks of the year? And it's always some outrageously huge number that they never would have considered, which shows them that they're not thinking big enough, and yet they have the skill, the expertise, and the discipline, at least sometimes, to create that type of momentum, does that make sense?
0: If, well, that's a really great point because in that example, you are saying the power of thinking big, or helping them to realize, is is helping them realize that you know their success and their great months and their it can be great years. And that is, mm-hmm. you know, that's I think it's fascinating because I think culturally, a lot of people believe that you can't just continuously improve. A lot of I don't even know where it comes from anymore, to be honest with you. But it seems like there's this omnipresent belief that. You know, you have a good year, a bad year, a good day, and a bad day. Well, why can't every day be great? Why can't every year be ever improving? Why can't you always be improving, especially as business coaches, improving your income, improving the quality of your life and the work balance that a lot of of you are uh, pursuing constantly? And the reality of it is, is when it comes to thinking big, it all starts with the ideas that we're going to be sharing with you today. So today's topic is the power of thinking big and how to finally live the life of your dreams you know, every day we do free coaching calls. And one of the questions I had is, what will be the one product that they should employ in their business immediately that would have the most immediate effect on generating listing leads? And you know what? I love the question because they didn't even have to think about the answer. The answer was Mojo. I mean, Julie, can you think of anything more powerful than MojoSells.com at really generating consistent listing leads?
1: If your intention is to build your listing inventory and then maintain your listing inventory, it's really a must-have for the sake of efficiency. And I would right. agree with you. If you had to choose one thing, that would be at the top of the list.
0: And I love it, too, because it's like a complete system, and it's turnkey. And if you guys don't know what Mojo Sells is or Mojo, what they offer, and like a lot of people, will, when, if they've heard what Mojo is, they'll say, well, it's a dialer. But it's so much more than a dialer. I mean, honestly, it's one of those products that everyone should have in their real estate practice. If you're serious about your real estate business or you're serious about becoming a listing agent, there honestly isn't any question that you should be using mojocells.com. The power of thinking big, how to finally live the life of your dreams. So Julie, let's just jump right in. And this is a quote from Dr. David Schwartz. And I love this one. And I put this one first intentionally because this really is the bottom line. Action cures fear. So Julie, let's talk specifically about believe you can succeed and you will.
1: That's right. So it gets down to what's happening in your head. When you believe, quote, I can do it, then the how to do it actually develops. But you've got to have that belief first, and then your subconscious immediately starts to fill in the gaps of exactly how you're going to do it. So belief in success is the one basic, absolutely essential ingredient of all successful people. It's that belief that you can do it. It's, and then you know he goes on to talk about respect the leader, learn from him, observe from him, study him, but don't worship him. So what, do you, what is he talking about with that quote, Tom?
0: Well, so one of the great ways you guys can learn to be successful is emulating successful people, um, and you can do that uh, in you know basically somebody you know, but you can also do it in people that you read about. And this goes back to one of the principles with Napoleon Hill forming a mastermind. I think that's what Dr. Schwartz is kind of touching on at this point. So if you, for example, you know, Julian, this is uh, you and I, when we're uh, trying to set specific goals, like, for example, I remember a few years ago when you started doing Pilates and yoga and you had a, uh, what was it, Kate Bosworth, describe that. I mean, that was a, for example, of having, go ahead
1: yeah well, I think there's a lot of value in knowing that it can be done. That makes the thinking about it a lot better right So, for those of you who have had resolutions to eat better, be more you know healthy, lose weight, better nutrition, all of those things, it helps when you actually have what I call a body double right so <laughs> you identify somebody you want to look like ideally, they're not you know six inches taller than you right? Or, uh, you know, 40 years younger than you or older than you, you get you get fairly close to somebody that's maybe in your generation that an actor or an actress or somebody that you look up to, you think, you know, that person's really got it going on. And so, you know, during our real estate years, when we had for a while, some bad habits that we were curing, like going on three listing appointments, then having a pizza at midnight. (laughs) You know, we went through a stage where we were both getting in better shape. And one of the things that I did was, I used Kate Bosworth in that great uh, surf movie, Blue Crush, as my body double because, you know, we're about the same height. She's, I think she's a few years younger, but she, you know, that's that was my goal and that was on my dream board that that's who I wanted to look like. And so that gets down to believing I can do it. Here's an example of someone who has done it. So for her, for, for me, that was under this concept of respect the leader, learn from them, observe, study, but don't worship them have an example that you're following, it actually makes things so much easier. And one of the – what makes me think of a buyer's agent that I'm coaching for one of my lead agents, and he's a, a young kind of kid-ish – most of us would call him a kid, he's 24, fresh out of college, and, you know, he was still wearing, like, his jeans and sweatshirts, right? So he decided to use Ryan Gosling as his body double who he, because he likes the way – that actor dresses and how he speaks and his haircut and things like that. So he is using that as his role model of how he's going to become so that he looks less like a college kid and more like a professional real estate agent.
0: Yeah, beautiful. So, so we can all let's do things on. like
1: this. Yeah,
0: go Let's ahead. move on to the second point. Cure yourself of excusitis, the failure disease. And the quote is, or this is basically, let's look at, for example, and we talked about this on the radio show last week, a lot of us start to develop uh, beliefs and a lot of us start to develop thoughts that we don't realize how honestly destructive those thoughts are. And the example that uh, Dr. Schwartz uses, which is, I think, really good, is, um, but my health isn't good. So Julie, talk about that.
1: Yeah, I think everyone, if you sat there and just thought about it, you you could, your subconscious can manifest you a sore throat or a cough or in my case, allergies most of the time. So we can all, to some degree, use this excuse du jour. This is one of the most commonly heard excuses. I would do it, but my health isn't good. So there's actually something physically wrong with pretty much everybody. But the question is whether you surrender in whole or in part to health excusitis. But success-thinking people do not. You know, it's interesting as I go through my coaching schedule, Tim, Most of my agents, even if they're not feeling 100%, will stick to their coaching schedule, take the call, we'll have a really great call together and really accomplish what we need to. But there's always a handful of people where it's like the sniffle got them down today and they're just, you know, they're going to be a reschedule, I got to chase them down. Those are the clients I worry about the most because they're still, we still have work to do to get rid of their excusitis and typically we do hear it on health uh, items more often than not. So. You know, yesterday we talked about using affirmations, that you're healthy is an affirmation. So we can get rid of that excusitis consciously. The right attitude um, and one arm will beat the wrong attitude and two arms every time. That's a great quote from that book. So again, we get back to believing that it'll get done, that it will get done. Really believe and your mind fills in ways to do it. Whether you're feeling 100% or not, because honestly, Tim, if people wait until they feel 100% to get into action, how much action is really going to happen?
0: Well, it's, it, is, it is very interesting. You know, it's we've done this. Uh, some of you guys who have had uh, coaching calls um, with us, you'll know if with any of our coaches. One of the interesting practices is when you guys are trying to learn to think bigger. It's a fun little mental exercise just to think of a particular goal that you want to accomplish. And it's got to be a big goal that you can't just basically snap your fingers and accomplish. Um, So, you know, for example, maybe like say I've got um, a few coaching clients that are uh, saving for, to buy really expensive cars and they can only buy the cars once other financial things are taken care of and they have to write checks for them or at least guys at the end of the day it's the ability to pay cash for them is really what we're working towards so let's say you're trying to buy a new bentley or something of that nature and let's say it's going to cost a quarter million dollars so that's a heck of a lot of money for a car right well maybe not so if you've got a quarter million in the bank you got your house at least you know mostly paid down you've got no other debt da, 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 right so we To really get to the point where you have the motivation to do all those other things, it does help to have the goal of having something like a Bentley or a Ferrari, or uh, maybe your goal is simply to have all of your debt paid off and have your house paid off so you can have financial security. Whatever it is, the, the mind will attract the system and the ways to go about accomplishing the goal. When you focus on that goal with intensity, and again, this goes back to the affirmations call from yesterday that all of you should definitely be listening to. But so here's the interesting thing going back to the health thing, because we do see that a lot. And I think having health problems, I think, is definitely reinforced. In our society, when you turn on the TV, which, mm-hmm. by the way, you guys might want to consider sure. not doing anymore, but everywhere you look and everywhere you listen, you're hearing what? Commercials for some pharmaceutical drug that, you know, the side effects are 100 times worse than whatever you're trying to get over. But the reality of it is, is that we, if we start believing all these health issues, and health is an interesting thing. Uh, it's something, obviously, that all of us, uh, we all are led to believe that it's a very fragile thing. Well, it's not particularly fragile, but what is fragile sometimes is the mindset that's not been built around the idea of not having excusitis. So four things you can do to lick healthy excusitis, and this is a great one. Refuse to talk about your health with anyone. Just literally don't talk about it. If you have a sniffle, if you have a cough, if you have the flu, if you have anything, don't talk about it because here's the interesting thing. People might give you a little bit of empathy for whatever your, your health issue is, but honestly, they don't care, and they don't want to be around people that are complaining about their health. And so if you've got some sort of chronic issue, keep it to, your, uh, to yourself. The only people that care about a health issue are maybe your spouse, but maybe not, and your doctor. That's it. Beyond that, and hopefully you. Beyond that, nobody else cares, so keep it to yourself. That is harsh, but it's also true. Point number two: refuse to worry about your health. Okay, don't go to WebMD. You know, if you have some sort of, um, you know, symptom that you think you're developing, the worst thing you can do is go to the internet because the internet's going to make you think that you're about to kick the bucket. So do not go to the internet. Do not go to any of those free health advice things. Just don't do it. Number three: be genuinely grateful. That uh, mindset of gratitude that we talk about a lot that your health is as good as it is. If it's not as good as it needs to be, then put a system in place with your physician to get it to where it needs to be. And number four, under you know ridding yourself of health excuses, it's better to wear out than rust out. That's kind of a fun thought. And it's been around forever. But it's, it's better to literally be tired, exhausted, when you're hopefully very old and very gray, than basically to allow yourself and your thoughts and your, the possibilities of your life never to actually have evolved. So, and, and never have actually had a, a full life, and never have actually embraced all the wonderful things that come from having the mindset of service and being this industry. So now here's another interesting thing that falls under the excusitis thing, Julie, and we hear this a lot too. You know, Again, a lot of you guys will fall into this pattern of making excuses for not succeeding, and this is another one, the belief that you have to have brains to succeed. In other words, that only really smart people can be successful. So Julie, what are the couple points for that?
1: Yeah, so point number one is that generally we underestimate our own brain power, and number two, we overestimate the other person's brain power. I hear this all the time on coaching uh, calls where we have, you know, an agent that has just done their, polished up their listing presentation, their pre-listing package, et cetera, and then they're up against, you know, the longtime grizzled veteran, and maybe even they themselves are also a grizzled veteran but they give so much credit to the other person because they know their name, you know, they're the big name, that they almost give up even going to that listing presentation. I always remind them, hey, you know what? A lot of agents out there, you are overestimating their level of preparedness, how they present, if they're even going to show up on time. So you, generally we underestimate our own brain power. And it's interesting, Tim, I see this actually more prevalently with our most successful agents. They sell themselves short and especially when the year turns over, we got to do it all over again and they think, oh my gosh, you know, now I've got to do all of that and more. It's almost like something subconscious comes out and they underestimate their own brain power. So if you want to flip these quotes around, start being realistic about your own brain power, especially those of you who have spent a lot of time and effort and implemented a ton of things. Yeah, you're going to get paid back for that. And don't overestimate the other person, but still be prepared. So I think that that's a balance that we see with our coaching clients. But really, to put this more succinctly, what actually matters is not how much intelligence you have, but how you use what you do have. The thinking that guides your intelligence is more important than how much intelligence you may have. So keep that in mind. The ability to know how to get information is more important than using the mind as a garage for facts. That's from Henry Ford, right? The ability to know how to get information and you know Henry Ford didn't even have Google right and he said this is <laughs> more important than actually parking a bunch of facts in your mind so for those of you who think you have to become a quote expert on every last thing in real estate before you take action keep in mind you can always find out the answer I like to lead with action and then backfill with whatever else you need to know to take it to the next level so keep that in mind you know, this thought that you've got to have brains to succeed. It's more about what you use with what you've how you use what you've already got. Does that make sense? Well,
0: you me? said – yeah, Jules, but you said yeah. something really critical, right? A lot of people will make the mistake of thinking that they have to be completely prepared. Everything has to be yeah. completely done. Can you As elaborate a little? Possible. Well, exactly. But, you, you know, that's not – that's a very common issue that realtors have. At least, you know, that's a common problem that realtors who are, I think – uh, stuck in the world of procrastination, really, that are True. not moving their businesses forward. You know, they'll come to us and they'll ask for help. I need to do this, I need to do that, and I need to do the other thing. And then you have to ask them, okay, so how is that fancy website going to lead directly mm-hmm. to a paycheck? Tell me exactly how that's going to lead to a paycheck within three days or less. So Julie, walk somebody through who's a chronic procrastinator or who basically is in the belief that, maybe not procrastination, but in the belief that they have to do all this sort of administrative stuff uh, before they actually can get into action right. doing the stuff that's going to directly result in a paycheck.
1: Sure, that they have to actually know everything about what they're trying to go after. I, I would say I see this in a couple of different places. One is what you mentioned, I have to get my website done. And you asked the critical question, well, how is that going to lead to a paycheck? That pretty much takes care of that thought process. I see it in terms of agents saying, well, I have to learn the script perfectly before I go and actually call an expired, for example, or get serious about my lead follow-up. i got to have my scripts perfect. I'm just going to go work work on that's the telltale phrase that you're procrastinating i'm going to go work on my scripts for a while um, so we see that quite frequently and what and we used to see this you know during the recession we saw this a lot with short sale agents i've got to study short sales more before i actually handle one so our mantra here as your coaches and future coaches and as your radio coaches here is that you need to be earning while you learn right so i always have a conversation with my clients that says You know, there are no perfect deals in real estate, even if you think that you know everything because you're all experienced and you've spent hours of studying and webinars and seminars and live events and non-live events, whatever. You're never, they're just going to change the rules on you anyway, right? So they're going to change how contracts work. Short sales have always been changing. You're going to have a better, faster, more astute competitor for your luxury home market. You're never going to be able to know everything in real estate, so you've got to let that go, and be aware that there are no mistakes in real estate that are so severe that you can't either fix them. And you know, as far as like the scripts go, your prospects don't have a copy of them. They're not checking off, okay, you skipped question number three. I'm not going to list with you. So learn well, at to the, earn while you learn.
0: At the root of it, really, Julie, when someone's in that paradigm that they're getting ready to get started to get started to get ready yeah. and they're do- future-tensing everything. Creative avoidance. It's all it is, really. At the, and I, you know, again, if you're not ready for that message, you're not, frankly, ready to be coached, because you're going to hear that a lot. And what we train all of our coaches to listen for is the future tensing of uh, commitments, like I'm going to do this, I have, you know, a versus I will do this, you know, I will take one listing by our next coaching call, or I will have this completed by this date, versus I'm going to work on my pre-listing pack, things of that nature. Right. So the next point is build confidence and destroy fear. Action, which Julia was just uh, talking about, cures fear. Indecision, postponement, on the other hand, what that does is it fertilizes fear. It makes it so that it's stronger. In a way, most job applicants are are just little like beggars. They'll accept anything, that they uh, and they aren't particular. So I don't really know why I put that point in there, but maybe it's because we're in the midst of um, looking for folks to work for us, but I'm not really (laughs) sure. But (laughs) I don't know how that slipped in there. But in any event, the reality of it is is that when you guys are, again, procrastinating, the getting ready to get started, through the thinking about, it, through the getting prepared, what that does is it actually erodes your confidence. It makes it so that you know, okay, now I've decided I'm going to be a listing agent. We hear this a lot. And yet, and yet you're not doing the actual things necessary to become a listing agent. What that does is that for every second, moment, day, month, week that passes, you become less and less likely to ever take the actions necessary. Unfortunately, guys, there's no shortcut to learning the hard stuff. Um, I had a series of coaching calls over the last month or so from agents that are, I'd say, moderate-level producers, um, and they're wanting to take their business to the next level. Many of them realize the futility of buying buyer leads, and so they're really – Going, they all say, I'm going back to the basics. And that's, I think, a valid statement, basics being sales skills, basics being organizational skills, basics being learning how to be a listing agent. If those are what the basics are, yeah, get back to those and then never leave them in the first place. But what's really the challenge that you have, a lot of you guys have, that are in the, in the process of getting back to the basics is, it's been so long since you've actually done anything that made you uncomfortable. In many cases, you guys have built lives around never being uncomfortable, <laughs> And so a lot of the things that are required for you to learn new skills will make it so you're uncomfortable, just as if you wanted to start going to the gym, or just as if if you wanted to learn how to run marathons. It's going to suck for a while as your body and mind, and you know, really in many ways your spirit and your emotions, start working in conjunction to accomplish the goal. What makes you think learning sales skills, what makes you think learning how to be a listing agent is going to be any easier? It's not. It's the same thing. So, you know, when I ask folks, I say, well, when was the last time that you really challenged yourself to do something that was completely out of your wheelhouse, something that was making you really nervous, something maybe even you didn't want to do? I would say, Julie, most people have to go all the way back to when they were in school. And some of you guys that we're talking with that are in their 50s and 60s, you know, it's been a while. So you've forgotten that you can actually do it. So, Jules, when, we, when you have somebody that's in that position, what do you do?
1: Hmm. Well, we take it incrementally, first of all, because part of the issue with agents that do this whole getting ready to get started, do someday feel like possibly doing it once they're absolutely ready, is that they have thought themselves into making the project, whatever that might be, becoming a listing agent, working your listing presentation, getting good at lead follow-up, whatever the category that we're working on is. You can think yourself into almost being like that's such a massive undertaking, I'll give you an example. One of my clients in Utah, we've been working on turning him into a great expired hunter, but he had gotten into his head that he had to have an elaborate expired hunting plan that had all of these different multifacets, you know, uh, letter campaigns, postcards, door knocking, finding the right phone number, finding company. And I said, just make the call. Why are we overthinking this? In the time that you've sat there telling me about your elaborate system that you feel like you have to develop before you can actually do a great job for expired, you could have already set a listing appointment in the five minutes you were telling me about it. So Hmm. I think there's value in shrinking the project down to bite-sized pieces and coming to terms with the reality. So another common excuse is, well, I'm not going to do prospecting or I'm not going to do my lead follow-up until I have a specific two-hour chunk of time in my schedule daily. Well, that's a nice thought, but especially for those of you who have a lot going on, which is most of you, how realistic really is that? So instead, make the commitment that you're going to take at least, let's just start small, a half hour a day to follow up on all of your most immediate leads. I don't care really whether it's 9.30 to 10 or whether it's the half hour that you're sitting in traffic. Just get the job done. Does that make sense to to, to really whittle it down to smaller bite-sized pieces instead of this big, massive, hairy project that we have to over-engineer?
0: Well, and so here's the flip side to that. Um, some of you want to have these long, dry-out conversations about your ratios. And it doesn't matter if you're proactively lead generating from you know, traditional over-the-phone stuff, or if you're basically generating from Internet marketing or from Facebook ads, or it doesn't even really matter where you're getting leads. Some of you want to have these big, drawn-out conversations about how many contacts equals how many appointments, how many appointments equals how many listings taken, and, you know, and all that stuff is valid, and I'm not saying it's not. Knowing your numbers is critical so that we can basically benchmark for the sake of improvement. But here's a little secret for you. At the end of the day, the thing that matters most is basically just setting up pre-qualified listing appointments, again, if that's your primary focus, as it should be, learning how to be a listing agent. And a lot of you get bogged down, and you know, Julie, you have a great term for this. What is it? Uh, contactitis, right? A lot of you guys get bogged down tracking the wrong thing. Okay, I'm supposed to make 20 contacts today. I made my 20 contacts. I'm done. No. Who cares? You've got to set the pre-qualified listing appointment. So if we set aside all that other analytical tracking, um, you know, set it aside, we can go revisit it later after you've got some cash flow flowing, Let's, you know, let's just focus on that. Maybe it's 3 listing appointments per week. Maybe it's 1 listing appointment per week. Whatever your goals are is what we coach you to do. But the bottom line is, the bottom line is, guys, is you got to be focusing on the result which goes back to the primary point. So Julie, let's we only have a little bit of time left. The next bit of notes I think are really I think reinforcing um, you know, and I forgot that these were our next set of notes too. It's kind of funny that they're reinforcing everything we just talked about, but it's a great, I think these are great. the next four points are really valid. So let's get to it. How to think big, four ways to develop the big thinkers vocabulary. Ms. Harris?
1: All right, perfect. So point number one on how to think big, use big, positive, cheerful words and phrases to describe how you feel. Very interesting to look at this like on a coaching call and to actually track how many times agents use positive versus negative, cheerful words, positive words, big, flowery, exciting words versus negative and dramatic words. And that's something, I mean, that's a whole coaching call in itself. So point number one, use big, positive, cheerful words and phrases to describe how you feel and do that on purpose. Number two, use bright, cheerful, favorable words and phrases to describe other people. Number three, use positive language to actually encourage others. And you might ask yourself, if someone were to look at me, would they say I'm a battery charger or a battery drainer? Am I actually encouraging others or am I always disparaging? That's something that's curable. And number four on how to actually think big, use positive words to outline your plans to others. And you know, Tim, in, in real estate, in life, there's so many opportunities to use all four of these points. Number one talks about what's going on in your own head. Number two is how you're thinking about other people. Number three is are you encouraging, are you charging, or are you draining? And number four is when you're dealing with other people, even if that's other agents or your prospects, your own clients, are you using positive words or not? And I think that if you really consider the people you've known in your past, almost all of us hopefully can identify someone we've come across who actually practices all four of those things because they stand out and that should be all of you. That's what so it's guys, we're gonna. About what about you?
0: We're gonna, well, we're going to pick up tomorrow because my producer is basically saying we're down to 44 ah, seconds. Right. We're going to pick up tomorrow where we left off today. So get ready to take more notes. And guys, the power of thinking big, what it really is, what it truly is, is the way for you to supercharge basically your life. Make it so that all the goals, all the dreams and ambitions that you have for yourself really become a reality a lot quicker oftentimes than you believe that could be possible. So we are going to pick up where we left off today, tomorrow. Have a fantastic day and we'll talk to you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.